I am so glad that you are joining Cindy LeFevre Yorks for this episode of His GPS for Your SOS. We pray these encouraging words will enrich and bless your day. The Miracle of Creation, Part 2 God's Amazing Creativity. I recently returned from a trip to the Galapagos Islands. Located off the coast of Ecuador, these islands are home to more species of animals than any other place in the world. The variety of species isn't the only thing that's astounding. You'll see birds that are adorned with bright blue feet and beaks. Magnificent giant tortoises still inhabit private as well as protected lands. Several species of sea turtles, fish, sharks, sea lions, and even penguins dot the volcanic landscaping. As I stood in the midst of all this variety, I did not once entertain the notion that the Big Bang Theory brought it all about. God's miraculous creativity is on display, not only in the Galapagos, but indeed, it abounds in all of us, and all around us. I'm not interested in laying out a scientific argument here. I just know that when I was snorkeling with thousands of fish and even sharks above the ocean floor, littered with brilliantly colored starfish and sea urchins, I wasn't thinking about theories or suppositions. I was thinking about Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He spoke flora and fauna into existence. And when it came time to make men and women, He formed them in the palms of His mighty hands with the dust of the earth He created. Creation is varied in so many ways. The texture of a blowfish or a hedgehog bears sharp contrast to the smoothness of a jellyfish or the soft fur of a baby kitten. These couldn't be more different from the quills of a prickly porcupine. The deep, silty color of a mudray provides a serene backdrop to the schools of fish adorned with wild neon-colored stripes and spots. The bitterness of a lemon differs greatly from the sweetness of a ripe kiwi fruit. Human hair is also found in a variety of colors as well as textures. Facial features, heights, and weights of individual human beings also vary. In Psalm 139.14, God tells us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's especially true for human beings. But God also took great care as He created the world. Men were created also to inhabit and over which they were given jurisdiction. In today's culture, however... Sometimes the creation is worshipped over the Creator, and in some cases, creation is revered even above the human race that God gave dominion over the earth to in the first place. When I was snorkeling in the Galapagos, one of the drivers of the small dinghy boats noticed a piece of trash in the water. He frantically drove over to retrieve it and almost ran over a snorkeler. Later, one of the naturalists on the trip said their number one job responsibility was to protect the creatures and environments on the islands. The secondary responsibility? Protecting human tourists. My husband joked that they could always get more tourists, but the giant tortoises were far more rare and apparently valued more highly. Commercials about pet mistreatment litter the airwaves while the rights and lives of the unborn child are largely ignored by many. And this handful of examples represents the mere tip of the iceberg. Paul reminds us in Colossians 1.16 that for by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, 
All things were created through Him and for Him. How wrongly ordered things have become as the creation story is removed from textbooks and replaced with less-than-God-honoring stories about how the universe came about. It's easy for us to stay trapped in grief as we ponder this sad turn of events. But one thing we can remember is that a day is coming when all living creatures will be forced to acknowledge that the uncreated one not only created the heavens and the earth, but will be making a new Jerusalem for those who believe on his mighty name. Paul reminded us in Philippians 2.10 to verse 11 that there will come a day at the name of Jesus every knee will bow in heaven, on the earth, and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. Unfortunately, acknowledging won't be the same thing as believing for all those on bended knees. So join me in praying that the people on earth will come to know for themselves the wonder and majesty of the uncreated one, worshiping him alone and acknowledging he is truly the Lord of all. I'd like to read an excerpt now from my third book, The Vault Door, and this is entitled Contemplating the Awe of God, Land Worth Securing, Eden and Its Perfection. I remember the first time I saw someone playing the game of blackjack in a movie. As you may know, the object of the game is to get the cards you are dealt as close as you can to the sum of 21 without going over the number. The opponent who gets closest without going over wins the hand. Like any competition with stakes, the process can be nerve-wracking. Games of stakes and unpredictable odds unnerve me. The cost of losing outweighs the risk for me. I prefer the status quo in a predictable order to things. Our God of divine order established just such an environment when he created his magnificent heavens and the earth. The world he created featured abundant provision, unimaginable beauty, harmony between man and animals, serene security, and a setting void of work demands. Adam, and eventually Eve, lived in perfect peace and abundance, so unimaginable to us today. They never had to stress out about what they had to wear when they lived in the garden. They had no need for shelter from harsh environments, or any need to beautify themselves or their surroundings. All was perfect. Yet in a single moment, both of them went from eternal security to utter tragedy and chaos. Though the Bible doesn't say, I would imagine the single biggest problem the two of them had after they were banished from the Garden of Eden was regret. From time to time, we must all regret the bad choices we have made or how it has impacted our lives and those of our loved ones. But the sin of Adam and Eve not only took everyone down who's ever lived, it forever removed from the idyllic existence all who had once the privilege of potentially enjoying eternity and it separated them from the entity who created them and the one who loved them the most. We don't have any experience with a loss of perfect living as Adam and Eve did, but we all do struggle with our quest to achieve it. We want ideal figures, perpetually youthful appearances, perfectly manicured lawns, and impeccably decorated homes. We want our children to behave perfectly, to achieve perfectly, and to avoid making mistakes as they shoot their way to the top of their respective fields. We want idyllic relationships, devoid of conflict and strife, redolent with romance and brimming with familial love, reminiscent of a little house on the prairie episode. God isn't filling our minds with these unrealistic expectations. That's Satan's specialty. He wants to do what he can to discourage you. 
rendering you ineffective in your own life and in the lives of others. Don't let him distract you. Keep your mind rooted in reality and keep your heart and mind focused on the fact that someday we will all be restored to perfection and bask in unmatched beauty for all eternity. And the keys to kingdom living are let go of lofty expectations and their resulting frustrations. And the doorpost is you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Ezekiel 28, 12-13 Thank you for joining us today for this episode of His GPS for Your SOS. Cindy also posts encouragement daily on Instagram. Her blogs can be found on her website, cindyyorks.com. Her entire Door Devotion trilogy is now available on Amazon.